Necessary Podcast. <sighs> yes. I'm going to start with this. Uh, hello, hello. I'm switching up. I'm switching up this song. What's up, people? <laughs> Welcome to Creative Theory Podcast, the show that brings you conversations with visual ar- artists about how they got to where they got, what their day-to-day is like, what their struggles are, thoughts in the art world, a lot, a lot more. We're Sunny Day, Vancouver, BC, Canada, out of Save On Radio. Uh, today in studio, I'm very lucky to have this a- amazing fella. I don't see him enough. Formerly known as uh, David is Digital, uh, if you if you're wondering. <laughs> uh, he's a multidisciplinary artist and maker based out of Vancouver, BC. His uh, practice of painting, sculpture, and collage aim to explore intricate systems of interconnectedness. Man, what a word. It's a good one. <laughs> it's a good one. Um, and he works uh, with reclaimed wood paint, uh, paint other materials, uh, and w- explores how they interact together. Damn, how, how, did, how was that? David, Ola, thank you so much for joining the studio. Thank you for having me, Leah. Um, let me figure out these levels here. I'm just, uh, as I figure out the mic, but uh, for people who don't know uh, David's work, uh, I do recommend going on Instagram, uh, Druvid, D-R-U-V-I-D, and uh, checking it out because, uh, man, it's been so nice to see you over the last couple of years evolve and thank watch you. your work progress from, uh, I think, uh, primarily 2D, flat work to now sculpture yeah it's been a fun exploration yeah and uh certainly letting each inform the other i think i've grown as a painter because i've taken up sculpture and inversely i think Mm -hmm. my painting informs my sculpture so it's been a fun process and at this point how would you describe your work uh maybe in stylistically and then you know to someone who haven't seen it how would you yeah um for for lack of a better term uh i really enjoy exploring dimensionality or being able to approach a piece and viewing it from multiple angles and taking different different uh, iterations out from each kind of perspective that you're viewing it from. And uh, that's actually a really good explanation. Yeah. I think it, it's so fun to see it from multiple angles, especially um, the painting that stood out to me that, or s- still in my head is the one you did for Snag. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I wish that uh, if anyone's listening and you won that, let me know. <laughs> Every Snag I've ever done, and it's many, I have never m- met a person who has won a piece from <laughs> me. So... It's out in the ether. It's, it's just because whoever won, uh, won is not there, or yeah, you leave early. Just, no, they're just okay. never there. Yeah, that was really good. And I think what I liked about down, especially I think because it had many forty-five degree angles, mm-hmm. and that's what allowed for the shadow play. And then there's different, like you're talking Precisely. about the dimensions. Yeah, yeah, and, and shadow is another huge part of my work because it depends on how you want to light it that will create a whole new interaction. And uh, I mean, when you look at uh, art venues, that's uh, often, unfortunately, overlooked unless it's, you know, it, top end. Uh, yeah, I've yet to get in the top end gallery. One day, <laughs> one day it's going to be lit really well. Is, is that the big plan? It'll, one day it'll be lit, as the kids say. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's right. Uh, yeah. Uh, but is that the plan? Trying to get into some big galleries? Yeah. I, one day. Yeah. I, I foresee it happening. I, my goal is to get in the festival circuit, or not the festival, the uh, trade show circuit. Mm-hmm. get a gallery to represent me and then just be able to create work but wow, everyone man. has that dream right maybe i guess yeah yeah, yeah. i don't know i uh, to me th- th- this is the exciting part to listening to people's dreams yeah that's kind of it yeah. i, d- I want to find a gallery to represent me and just allow me to create and explore work i'm doing it on my own so i just want someone to be able to take it and run with it yeah yeah someone who really believes in it right who really yeah. gets it yeah. yeah so anyone in vancouver if you're listening or abroad it's probably not going to happen in vancouver so <laughs> <laughs> I see a little hint there, yeah. Yeah. a little stab <laughs> in Vancouver, it's true. Uh, you work with a lot of mixed media. I, I have often found your work very explorative. 
Is yes. that the word? That's a good word, right? <laughs> it is. Uh, what draws you to the multimedia? Because I've seen you go, I mean, especially, you know, I would say a couple of years ago was uh, a lot of aerosol, acrylic. And I, I think you combine all those. And I think I've even seen you work with gouache. And yeah. now you're adding wood and sculpture into the mix and painting yeah. on top of that. Yeah, precisely. And hopefully allowing each uh, medium kind of to inform the other. So when I'm working with wood, uh, innately it already contains a lot of information that can direct you in a, in a specific um, path with the work you're creating so like a lot of the reclaimed wood I use has uh, beautiful grains it's a lot mm -hmm. of fur and so those grain patterns will often dictate the shapes I'm cutting out of the wood and the way in which I assemble those shapes and those could inform p potentially a new brush stroke that I haven't mm -hmm. thought about or inversely because both the way I, I sculpt and the way I paint is worked uh, is rooted highly in automatism like creating automatically and allowing the work to unfold organically. Mm -hmm. So often I don't approach a piece with an idea. I will rather let the piece become the idea and, and roll with it. Uh, I, I think that working in several mediums at once uh, really allows f for artistic expansion and growth in mm -hmm. each medium. Like I said, because the, the sculptures, if I was only working in, um, in painted wood and utilizing the shapes I'm creating and painting over them, I think that it would be missing a specific dimension of the way in which grain patterns can really inform movement with the eye. Yeah, just yeah. like the way specific brush strokes will orient your eye across a canvas. And, and so then, when you decide to paint something and not to paint another piece, how, do, how, how does that decision process work? It's like uh, a lot of experimentation. Sometimes yeah. it's a good idea, sometimes it's <laughs> like I have to scrap it and Many of the sculptures, I'll create an iteration and then I'll, um, I'll disassemble it or rather cut it up and then re-put it together mm -hmm. just to kind of get new information out of it until I'm happy with it, until I tap, tap out on it. Do you feel like you're building out of chaos? or is um, it I feel like I'm exploring inwardness. Inwardness, okay. Yeah, so yeah. rather than exploring the external world, um, which we can all see, I want to be kind of exploring what's going on in my head a bit more and then trying to share that a little bit. And it's Yeah, chaos is a good word for what's going on in there. <laughs> because it makes me think how uh, yeah I mean you got pieces you probably and like you're saying because you break it down and you put it back together it feels mm -hmm. like you know how it will this make sense together right yeah and I think it's also um, it's positive to be working on many pieces at one time because like not literally in sync with each other but having several works in progress on the go because if you get stagnated on a single piece you can move to another mm -hmm. and potentially you'll create some sort of eureka moment within that piece that can now inform that previous piece that you were stuck on. And it's probably a good, uh, that's like a good key to getting consistent work too, right? I, th I think so. Yeah? I think, yeah, usually when I'm working, I have, gosh, I have so many unfinished pieces, it, it's <laughs> hard to put it down on, but I usually have like, between five and 10 pieces on the go at any given time. But also I would say overall, you, your artwork is, is already cohesive. I mean, I, whether maybe that's a byproduct of your process or just who you are and how you Mm -hmm. but I found whether it's you know through your color palettes or use of shapes uh, and especially over the last couple of years to me it's like you know there's a the you yeah. the very clear you has emerged thank you I appreciate that and I, I feel um, the same like I'm I'm excited by the work I've been creating in the last couple of years and I think it's directly because I'm exploring sculpture it it's is something yeah. I had wanted to do for a long time and I never did and uh, I jumped into it in 2017 I guess is when I started really exploring it and a byproduct of that was like my painting practice really expanded as well that's so fascinating yeah. i mean people say that but then like you're the example of it like how you know the suggestion of trying something else and it will feed back into the totally yeah yeah and it's it's just 
it's fun to explore many mediums because you're learning from each. I really enjoy ink on watercolor paper too and yeah. like exploring watercolor. And for the last couple of years, I've been partaking in that Inktober thing. And that's a good practice for yeah. me because I work so much in color. Uh, yeah. It's nice to kind of just focus on tonal values and, and um, shape and like form. And it, uh, after each 30 days or 31 days of Inktober, I feel like the, the next colored painting I make is often one of my strongest paintings of the year. I, I, even, I had a question written down about that specifically because you're w one of not a large group of people who actually finished the 31 days and uh, yeah. went strong. And then uh, I, what I thought was fascinating about that is uh, I, I think I've seen you describe your work as abstract and I know you go where it's like representational mix, uh, mixed with abstract where mm -hmm. I feel like for October you went for representational. Yeah, I would say it's uh, my work is kind of rooted in abstraction, but it's more abstracted than totally abstract. Mm. Like taking an idea and abstracting it, but still having representational elements as opposed to yeah, just yeah, like yeah. throwing pattern and, and color on on something and saying it's abstract. And then I, what I found from Inktober usually is that uh, it's a really good excuse or good motivation to practice. You know, uh, to definitely. And then so, but that's why to me it felt personally when looking at your work it felt like you know you get to basically analyze a new topic that you normally wouldn't and yeah. then you just you know get to learn and i think a byproduct of it that i really enjoy is seeing uh, so many different artists with different styles interpret the same prompt word in their own unique way it's kind of like a big fun collaborative project in the end because mm -hmm. some people are doing well i suppose the the gentleman who created inktober jake parker is a concept artist yeah. and there's a lot of concept artists that do it so that work kind of is very similar in mm -hmm. within the fact that it's just a specific kind of like uh illustrative style yeah within the genre within yeah. the genre yeah but then uh you see other people kind of taking the ideas and running with them and it's cool to see uh varied interpretations of the word some are very literal and for me i have a lot of fun actually with wordplay mm -hmm. as well so taking the word writing a rhyme and then creating a piece to go with the rhyme that's one thing I noticed is that you name a piece as well. I, Thank you. I, I, yeah. I thought, so that, that's an I really enjoy creative writing. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just adding it to the to the mix. I think it also helps inform the way yeah. a piece can go. Man, I got too many questions because you just mentioned so many things at once. Uh, Sorry. Let's get, no, 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 it's good. Let's get back. I want to talk to you about your inspiration, the way you're talking about writing. But before we jump off this Inktober topic, um, because it is like conscious practice, how often do you make a point of uh, consciously practicing, observing, for the skill sake of art because you know you you have mentioned that when you create you want to create from inward which uh, i think y you know you're cha channeling your creativity and sometimes it can feel removed from the technical aspect meaning you sit down and you draw a tree in front of you and try to draw it like the tree that's in front of you you know to learn yeah. yes I understand. so then so co how often do you actually like consciously practice if you need to learn what a tiger looks like kind of uh not enough truthfully no? yeah i I'm consistently observing, but I suppose my the taking that information of being observed and trying to represent it, I don't do it enough. I think I spent um, much of like my formative years in art making being very representational okay. and learning to draw and learning to paint. And so stepping away from that has been a lot of fun in the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, because you mentioned earlier that your art happens as you create it, is, is planning kind of an enemy to you? No, not at all. I think that it's it's good to have uh, an idea, but I don't think it's healthy to have an idea and then uh, if you're straying from it to feel bad about that mm, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. or to feel like you have to impose these specific rules of an idea. Like uh, one of my most f 
enjoyable projects last year was creating a series of sculptures for a uh, physiotherapy clinic on the drive. Healing tree, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, tall tree. Oh, tall tree. No, yeah, tree, and, and um, it had to be West Coast theme, and the owner of the company had very specific ideas of what he wanted for the sculpture. Like, he wanted some ferns and a tree and a sun mm-hmm. and a wolf and a bird. Mm-hmm. And so I I did all of those, but I did them with my own uh, artistic license, right? So Did you like those constraints? I didn't enjoy those constraints because it, it informs kind of, you have an end goal. It's yeah. not necessarily, um, I don't have to be following specific rules along the way, but I have to end up at a certain thing. And I hope the goal is achieved. And I didn't have to make any corrections to the work, so he enjoyed That's it. That's great, and yeah. Yeah, it was good. And it was, um, creating that work happened a couple months after I created a mural for them. So also it was taking the same color palette and bringing it to yeah. the interior space. That mural was awesome. And I, I was you. looking through Instagram today and once again, people checking out, go to at Druvid, but I really like the photo before, I think you posted before you started the mural where it was just you standing by a clean wall in really clean clothes. Oh, I know, man. <laughs> it was a good photo. I, yeah. I, and, then, and then, so the next one is the mural. I, I was good. It was, it was such a well, that was a really cool moment captured because you also look so you. happy. You're like, you're just it ready for great. the wall. I've been living off the drive for the last almost 10 years and okay. it's really enjoyable to have a piece of art there I, f- I feel like commercial drive should really um get involved with uh, more murals because they have several old murals but it's a place it's one of the most vibrant communities there's lots Vancouver. of walls there's a lot of walls and that's one of the things i was hearing was a lot of business owners were coming by and saying oh this is so cool and i think not everybody is aware of the uh, incentive that the city offers with being able to cover up to two thousand yeah. dollars worth of materials as well i try to gotta spread the word because totally it's it's so doable um, like, meaning like would that help just i mean all you do is don't donate your time but i mean yeah you're getting to make whatever you want on a giant exactly canvas. and often if materials are covered the business will offer a, a bit of pay and i i don't think anybody should do anything for free personally so what if you really want to if well it, sorry <laughs> i don't feel like you should be uh you should be asked, sub- to, do asked yeah. to do a thing for free yeah. unless you are consciously will- willing to do it f- without monetary yeah. sums I feel like commercial drive should should have a, some art galleries because like uh, as you said the vibrant crowd and culture and it feels like the people who, people who would appreciate art right I, f- I feel very much so and i uh i think that there should be like a little potentially vmf get involved and do a little commercial drive sub series like they do in strathcona hint 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 hint, hint, hint vmf <laughs> if any of you are listening yeah come on get on it I, i'm sure it's not that easy i tried to do a, a little hint hint yeah. when i posted the mural but i don't know if they ever look hey, at my if not, stuff well you'll, you'll just have to start and uh, organize something yeah totally because that's uh, one of the things where i mean yeah if you have enough time and initiative i think yeah it's all, it's all that's possible. bureaucratics aren't my strong point oh no it's no yeah. fun it's, mm. just gotta take your time and make art right i i think so evolve the craft but yeah if or if building owners are listening and they live on the drive, get in touch with one of the many, many talented artists yeah. in the city and get some color on your walls. Let's just start forwarding this like, podcast. Just email random people. Yeah. And they'll be confused, but gosh, it's, li- it's well worth it. If they listen this far in, they'll get some good information. I hope so. Okay. I hope so. And <laughs> it just, it brings so much uh, positivity to the, to the area. Like the mural that I did on the drive, there's just surrounded by a bunch of drab colored buildings and it pops. It oh just yeah. stands out. And oh then yeah. when we have, dismal like today's beautiful but usually we have some dismally gray winter days yeah we do uh, it's nice to add <laughs> color to the surroundings and try to up up the morale of of the community has has that mural um uh, created any leads for you any more contacts through it uh well it led to that 
series of sculptures, okay. which is really cool. That was never uh, something discussed on the original table. Awesome. Um, they, Tree has a, a physiotherapy clinic in Victoria mm-hmm. in Cordova Bay and next, or this year, they're opening one in James Bay as well. And mm-hmm. so I'm going to likely go do a mural there wow. and a uh, series of sculptures for that one too. So I suppose this led to some yeah, other dude. things. Oh, yeah. yeah. No. And just adding another mural to the portfolio leads to other murals. That's the problem with getting into the mural game is not having murals, right? So, Or trying to, you mean? You, yeah, tr- yeah, 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 sorry, trying no, to yeah, like, I get, I get em- emerge as a muralist. is like It's hard to say that I'll paint a mural, but I, you only have like one or two. Totally. Is that something you would want to do? Uh, I want to part get, of your portfolio. Yeah, yeah, totally. I just I really enjoy working large because it's uh, it's taking the the practice of painting, but then it's like exploring um, scale in a very different way. That's what I love about you because you're so multidisciplinary and you just tackle it all. Oh, buddy, I, give me a challenge, <laughs> I'll f- I'll friggin get over it. Yeah, love that, it. That's yeah. the most fun part about being an artist is is being delivered this a new challenge or a new task and trying to use your creative license to come up with a solution does it feel like problem solving it's totally i love yeah. problem solving yeah, yeah that's what it is yeah totally nice. I, I like it being put so especially i find uh, when you're making a mural and the wall is not really a standard your standard square or something odd or is a thing like the in texture between. is terrible to paint on yeah and you stand back and you hopefully make it fit into the mm-hmm. area as well right this yeah you know, lots to do and i um yeah i just think that there's so many different ways to explore your your own work as an artist if you're translating it to a large scale because the way in which you make marks is is now greatly different like trying mm-hmm. to achieve those textural elements that are prevalent in my work it's like it's a it's a unique challenge that you have to kind of consider differently when yeah. you're working at such a large scale totally and once again that's something that'll feed back into your work right totally yeah. yeah yeah very much so it's and you get to explore materials like you get to explore paint in a way that you wouldn't be able to explore on like a four by four canvas or a small 18 by 36 or something like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, when you when you said you transitioned into sculpting, uh, wood sculpture in 2017, uh, how did that exactly happen? Because, you know, I you need a wood shop, you need, I mean, you need space. Y- and yeah, so my day job is as a carpenter. Yeah, let's, let's get into that. So by, by proxy, I've been working with wood for a long time, but just not in like a, not in a sculpturally creative aspect. Mm-hmm. You can't say that uh, carpentry isn't, creative and it's a lot of problem solving totally. my job is i would put problem solver before carpenter wow. on, as my job description um but i've just amassed a collection of wood that i couldn't throw away because a lot of what the company i work for does is character home restoration okay so when we're doing the renovations mm. much of the wood that comes out is like all old growth fur and it's beautiful Super wood. Nice, yeah it's very nice yeah it's very hard uh, like it's you can't really reuse it in in a building application but it's beautiful wood in itself and a uh, fun thing about like utilizing this reclaimed material is it it's already lived a separate life so being able to take that information and try to like reinvigorate reinvigorate this material with a new life it's kind of like you're yeah you're you're acting as a god it <laughs> <laughs> should be on a resume yeah no you probably offend a few acting, people yeah um, but, but uh, so sorry to yeah. to further answer your question i applied for um a downtown east side small arts grant at the end of 2016 and my grant application was like i'm a carpenter and i'm an artist i wanted to work in 3d for a long time i want to have a show with sculpture and i didn't think i was going to get the grant and then in january i got the grant Damn. so i was like fuck excuse my language i have to now sculpt that's awesome so i created a body of work and had a show at slice of life galleries shout out to ben and sheena they're doing yeah. awesome things there needs to be more creative and cultural hubs like that within the city um and I, yeah, I had a show there that it, 
allowed me to explore both freestanding sculpture and then uh, kind of what I'm calling sculptural paintings or assemblages that are existing on a 2D plane on the wall, but they're exploring dimensionalism. But at the same time, you did also have the freestanding 3D pieces. But I did, ha yeah, yeah, I kind of was exploring yeah. it at a smaller scale. Uh, and then last year, I had a show at, at Cardum's Donuts, and that yeah. was full on um, freestanding sculpture. And that was a lot of fun. But the that whole body of work was, I was just creating it for the sake of creating it. And then I found a place to awesome. display it. Yeah, I, I have a problem with creating. Problem with creating? Too much. And oh, then, well, it's yeah, a good problem. Yeah. I guess so. Well, and yeah, I mean, my next question was, uh, how, how difficult is it, is it to store the work? It's pretty difficult, <laughs> man. Like, uh, yeah, I was, before we got on the podcast, I was yep. just mentioning to you that I'm getting a new studio space that has more room. Um, and I'm very gracious of my partner, Lori, to allow me to have sculptures <laughs> in our house as well. But thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you, baby. Um, it's, I can only have so many though. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's overrun. Our apartment is overrun with my artwork. So, and, uh, but then <laughs> what, how do you feel with destroying your work? Have you done that? Do you I try not to. No, no. I have a storage locker as well. Okay. That is full of artwork. Yeah. It costs a lot of money to store this stuff. Like yeah, the no. value I would sell this, sell it for, I've already paid more in storage fees than <laughs> I would get back, but it's uh, fine. And, and then w do you plan to, do you try to show do you plan to try to like showcase in other areas is that what it's for what do you kind of i like not as a stab to vancouver but it's no, hard for me to penetrate it, the um the whatever art scene we have here because i feel like quite an outsider mm -hmm. uh what i'm doing is kind of i don't know how to bring it into gallery spaces or i don't know if it's really like digestible for a lot of people it's mm -hmm. it's it's sitting in a unique space in the art uh theme we'll say but currently um pat christie who runs space gallery is doing really cool things by creating a venue for uh for artists to display work and mm -hmm. him along with this new uh little group called vancouver art community has been putting on a monthly series at space for the last couple months called made from scraps yeah. and it's exploring upcycling materials and uh the theme right now is wood and i I firmly believe in this practice and it's I kind of perfect for you. Yeah, yeah, it's perfect for me. I feel like I'm kind of the, the epitome of this body of work. And so I've been, I've been displaying some work that has previously created, but also creating new sculptures to, to showcase there from, um, Pat gifted me a box of offcuts of 800 year old cedar. I saw that. Yeah. I, I and what it, I'm that, yeah. very gracious towards yeah. this gift and it's been fun. Years to, old. Yeah. Man. It's been really fun to explore, um, creating forms with this. And it's cool because, the offcuts were created from a series of disc sculptures that he has. And mm -hmm. so displaying my sculptures next to his discs is also a story in itself. Yeah. yeah. That's what I think you're saying, talking earlier about how you use wood and how the grain informs how you work with it. I think that's mm -hmm. a, you know, whether you have any meaning or messages, and I'm sure you do within your work, just that on its own that you're taking oh, yeah. a, it's a, a thing huge that used exploration to live. of material yeah and there's so but it's like it's so rich in story and ideas already it is that for you to if you wanted to add something to it like it's already so strong you know what mm -hmm. i mean and you just keep building on top of it yeah like all of these sculptures with the cedar i will i'm not putting paint on them like yeah. I'm, ju I'm just finishing them as raw wood oh, they're to honor the material yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, because there is so much um variety in shades and grain like it plays within itself so well like, it's I, like you said it doesn't so. need anything it, 
Um, you, you got those on Instagram too, so yeah. come on, people. Yeah, and I'll throw up. some more photos up. Pat took some great photos with his uh, shout-out to Google Pixel. And <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was taken Thanks, with Google. like a Canon 5D or something, but it was just his phone. Yeah. And I'll, I'll upload some of these photos soon. Can't wait. Yeah, yeah. Those, those turned out beautifully. And so uh, bec- because you mentioned getting into gallery spaces, actually, do you, do you mind talking a little bit more about the, the space where you're displaying your work? Because I've been seeing... I guess I've been a little bit uh, on the download on this, but I've been seeing the art shows you're describing, the Maze mm-hmm. from Scraps. Yeah, so they're at Space Gallery, which yeah. is on Clark Drive, um, 552 and 554 <laughs> Clark Drive. And um, it's a collaborative work studios is what Space is, but it's also mm-hmm. a, an area or a, a place for um, showcasing work and hosting shows and different events. And Pat has created a very inclusive community of mm-hmm. uh, there's so many different wonderful people and artists that are either part of space as a as a studio or they're taking part in these shows and it's such a, bro- a broad spectrum of work um, although it's not necessarily a place that you're going to find buyers coming in he has created a connection for uh, a couple of us that have exhibited where our work is now in a high-end furniture store mm-hmm. and wow. it's it's cool to uh have that connection be created out of something that I, I would already be doing right like yeah. create the work and then trying to find a place to display it is now the new goal and I think that as a connection for you personally it, I think it makes sense for where I can see your work or in general you know I mean you want to be connected with people who are looking to you know I don't know like beautify your home or something like that. I, I, yeah I, I think so and she, what so it's Switzer creative which is on West Third is the furniture store and mm-hmm. um, what Rennie is doing who is the owner she is handpicking a lot of really wild fur- handmade furniture from across the world and buying it. Wow. And so it's not necessarily like your traditional Scandinavian minimalist style <laughs> popular furniture. It's like really cool uh, one-off pieces. And it's, it's exciting to have the work up there right now. Mm-hmm. It's, so myself and Jake TikTok Johnston and uh, Pablo from El Cartel all have our work up in her showroom now. And it'll be up there for a while. That's really cool. Do you, do you see her her store and the the space you're describing as the new alternative or the new way to display work, especially in this city? As you're now describing, it's hard to get into shows. Do you yeah, it's a bit of a, like a unique opportunity, and I think that there's talks between Pat and Rennie right now for us to create a bit of a booth at IDS West with her this year awesome. too. So yeah, yeah. yeah, it's kind of maybe taking. Um, taking the work that's created and offering it a new venue or a new demographic that wouldn't otherwise see it. Cause I think the people that will go and buy these expensive pieces of furniture from her showroom, they're not going to be coming to the openings at space. Mm, yeah. And then that's a t- difficulty, I guess, to reaching out to the yeah. other people who are just not in the culture. And I think that showcasing our work next to this um, high end furniture is giving it a new context. Totally. It's like m- intrinsically maybe adding a little bit of value just because it's displayed next to it. Yeah five to ten thousand dollar chair well but uh, it's i think it's the same as putting someone's piece into vancouver art gallery all of a sudden or you know in a gallery of that size all of a sudden totally. now to the rest of the world or public it means something else mm-hmm. i don't think it needs to be so you know i don't think so. yeah. i don't think it it is it's just the way it is though yeah it doesn't necessarily validate it as being strong or, or not strong work but once the right person says this is this is the flavor of the week. Everybody fucking jumps on board. Yeah. But it does, though, doesn't it? I mean, it does give that extra value. Yeah, it does. I, even I would say even for artists, you, it's because 
for example, you know, imagine you got into a national portrait gallery in London, you know, like that's a validation that that's, gives it value yeah. even among us artist friends where in reality, maybe it shouldn't, but it does. It does. Cause it, yeah. it puts you on uh, the same pedestal that others who have been idolized for well, centuries. If, if we're talking the portrait gallery, yeah. um, it's, it's giving you a platform to display with them and, and mm -hmm. by proxy, they now become your contemporaries, right? Totally. Yeah. So th there's, yeah, there's value to that. And then, yeah, yeah I guess the, the difficult part and something I talked about in this uh, podcast before is how the general public is connected with the art scene in Vancouver and mm -hmm. I mean the, the lack of connectivity I would say I'd say in general um, the way that a lot of people digest artwork is through their phone mm. and it's very difficult I often will get remarks from people being like oh I didn't think that this work was so large or I thought this work was mm. much larger yeah. and it's because there's no context on a phone a piece that is 10 by 17 inches could look the same as something that is 36 by 48 inches right so just put it put the banana for scale every time you take yeah, a photo yeah yeah exactly <laughs> uh so a anybody that's listening any opportunity you have to get out there and view artwork in the real world do it please honor honor all the artists that are creating work and don't just don't just digest it through your um your phone mm -hmm. because often when people talk about culture arts is always one of them because I think it's easy to feel like it's unimportant. But then on the other hand, when people travel and go to other places, you know, galleries is one of the first things that people think of. So mm -hmm. clearly there's value in it. Um, whether you buy or not, uh, it's often it's it's great if just people come check it out. I think yeah, you know, that kind of completes the artwork. Totally. Yeah. I don't think that you should ever be creating artwork with the intention of only creating yeah. to sell. Yeah. Create artwork because you have this innate uh, desire to be creating and hopefully sales will follow or, or other uh, connections that will lead to sales will follow. And so recently actually you've done a, I would say a couple of art shows. Um, what's your, um, what's your plan? How often do you prefer or how do you see yourself ideally? Uh, how many art shows a year would you have? It's, I don't know. Like I said, it's hard to penetrate the gallery scene here. But um, if you could, or if I could, I'd do t many a year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I but have you, enough work. Okay. Yeah. And I would create enough work. I have one coming up at slice of life in May. Um, oh, nice. But, uh, I think that it's great what they're doing. They're trying to create a venue for affordable artworks as well. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be a series of works that are all under $300. Nice. Uh, so I'm excited to display there again. And like I said, I really love what Ben and Sheena are doing with the cultural venue. Um, totally. Yeah. But my biggest goal this year, Ilya, is residencies. Yeah. Yeah. That's I've been mad, chatted mad about, applying yeah. to so many residencies. How many, how many are yet so far? I think I'm at nine damn yeah that's good they take time to apply to they take a lot of time and it's like three to four months before you hear back and i know so oh, many yeah. of the ones that i'm applying for overlap so mm. i get one or i'll get word back and then i'll have to choose and many of them have like application fees of 30 to 40 us dollars yeah it costs I, money but it's what good. kind are you applying to generally uh, is uh, there something specific you're looking for well sculptural residencies a lot of there's a few um there's a few places in the states that uh are kind of like sculptural forests or like mm. scu sculpture parks that wow. have residencies. So I'm excited to do that because another thing that I see my work uh, growing into is public sculpture. Mm. I would really like to start yeah. exploring, uh, as with my paintings, exploring murals and, and the scale in that respect, getting into public sculpture, sculpture and exploring my sculptural forms at a larger scale where you can kind of interact with them as, as a human, mm -hmm. like human scale. Uh, and I think that being able to take the time to really uh, create a piece of work 
because often you have to leave whatever you're creating there at the sculpture park. Uh, it's it's opening a door to start working at towards that goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but then in on the other end of the spectrum, many residencies I'm applying for is just to like create a new series of paintings in a city that I want to go to. Yeah, that, that that's what I was going to ask. Is that which uh, which places, country, cities are you looking? At? Uh, I really want to go do one in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. That, that would be fun. Um, yeah. Sweden. Yes. A uh, few few <laughs> in the states of various ones like middle middle states like Kentucky and stuff like just wild places. That'd be interesting. Yeah, this yeah. one sculpture park, Burn Burnheim Sculpture Park, is across from the Jim Beam Distillery, and it's like <laughs> oh, okay, that's <laughs> yeah. a good connection, I guess. Yeah, I, th- I guess so. But <laughs> it's just like a wild place that I would never have otherwise thought uh, of. And Alaska is yeah. one I've applied for as well. There's uh, something special about, uh, I guess, just getting away and just con- uh, focusing solely. On yeah, well, having n- n- no other uh, expectations aside from creating work. Yeah, obviously, like your bills at home s- still remain there. So mm. there's that stress. Because uh, it, that's what I wanted to ask is that you've mentioned, you know, you do have a, you're a carp- carpenter by trade and how, how often do you work right now? Um, I'm like four to f- three to five days a week. Okay. We'll say like, yeah. I'm very gracious and fortunate that my employer understands my desire to be an artist mm-hmm. and that that takes my priority. And uh, a problem that I have, I think most creatives that have jobs have this is, is um, burning the candle at both ends. So when I'm working, I'll work a full day and then I often go to my studio and put in like six to eight hours there. And then uh, I have problems sleeping too. So it's like, yeah, by by Wednesday or Thursday in a week, I'm usually not feeling too hot. (laughs) And I've run myself down to the point of like having having to really step back a few times in the last couple of years. So when uh, David got in here, the first thing I told him is that we don't see each other very often. It's partially because all of us are trying to do that yeah i think it's a good sign it's like it sucks i would love to see more yeah Yeah. i would love to have like we always talk about playing video games together and i haven't played video games in so long we're we're probably gonna do it when we're 60 or something yeah virtual reality (laughs) we'll all just hang in the virtual realms um do you worry about your uh kind of the rest all the other aspects of your life falling by the wayside i guess that's a saying if you know eight plus eight hours of work sleep eight plus eight you know yeah it doesn't add up so uh, no, you, uh, the result is often like getting very depressed. Really? Um, is that where it goes to? Yeah, it's usually yeah. where it goes to. But I'm ex- excited to just like I'm really stoked on the work I'm creating right now, mm. and if I can find a venue to run with it, um, my car- carpentry isn't the be all end all to me. It's like the equivalent of my coffee shop job. Okay, right? it's like that's I'm a good coffee shop job. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a good one. It it affords me skills that are um, useful in in life. And actually, it's like directly informing the way I create my sculptures. Like I'm, I'm grateful that I understand the use of tools very well, mm-hmm. and I, I have fun when I'm using saws and, and other power tools. <laughs> so it's an, an enjoyable process for me. But it's like often um, in the carpentry game, like especially the renovation game, you're you're dealing with some materials that aren't that great, and uh, it's. I'm pretty skinny. It's like I don't have a, the greatest muscle <laughs> strength. I'm not weak, but I'm not, I'm not like I don't have an ideal body for operating a jackhammer when I have to be doing oh, that. Yeah. And it's just like it it, it wears on you. And plus, you gotta save your hands. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I guess so. Oh, they're those things. They're important. Yeah, they are. Uh, they're pretty important. In the beginning, you said you wanted to be working with galleries. So, but so you do foresee yourself in the future working towards just being an artist, fine artist, sculptor. 
Yeah, that's that's the end goal. And I think a way to go about it is exploring public sculpture as well, mm-hmm. because they often have a larger budget that, do, that yeah. afford you to be focusing on the craft for X amount of months in a year. And uh, I think once you've penetrated into the yeah. public art scene, then you're in the public art scene. And I think also teaming up with the new developments that are happening all over Vancouver, oh, right? Man, there's so many in, in they Richmond specifically. too much money. They, yeah. I mean, from little that I've seen, what's happening like financially for those projects is it's like it's you know six figures and yeah it's a a healthy sum like that's not all artist fees that's production of course of course but depending on your materials whether you're working with like gold or cement or anything if you know a big year it's gonna be it's gonna be pricey but it's uh it's also affording you the opportunity to be exploring materials that you would never otherwise be able to yeah and also something that can give you time to work on one piece for a month or months Mm -hmm. and then really try to perfect the craft or not perfect. That's the wrong word. We, <laughs> we Ex- talked explore about explore. The craft. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And um, like I said, I, I think once you're in with public art, then other communities will see that, oh, this guy has some accolades and they would probably lead or that would lead more towards uh, hiring someone that has done one or two large pieces as opposed to like right now, I don't know how to break into that market. It's all conceptual. I don't have anything to show for it. Right. Oh, I see what you mean. Like on that scale. On that scale, yeah. yeah. I can be like, these are my sculptures and I want to blow the scale up 10 times. Yeah, I I could, (laughs) but I just mean like I have no experience (laughs) with the implementation of that scale. Yeah. Yeah. But it'll be very exciting to see something on that scale from you. Hopefully. Yeah. Uh, I have a question here. I feel like we're we're kind of all over. I try to make a plan. Um, So apart from this time, is there, are there any other tough aspects to deal with right now um, with your kind of life work art breakdown is there anything you struggle with um, just ensuring that I'm getting enough money to survive in yeah. the city uh, I don't want to be working 40 hours a week myself and I, I've if I'm pulling a full 40 hour week uh, mm-hmm. with work I've, I get pretty burnt out mm. um, yeah so it's trying to balance or find that balance because as you know uh, it costs money to make art like you know, yes. <laughs> especially if you have studio space yep. and uh and the materials cost and for me buying tools and maintaining my tools and um yeah just ensuring that i have enough money to live and then i'm saving money to try to do a residency mm-hmm. like although some are, are funded hopefully they are yeah yeah not all are and yep. i i'm not letting just a, applying for a funded residency be uh, the dictator as to where i'm applying i want to find something that I'm excited by and apply for it. Um, but if I'm taking one to two months off to go work there, even if it's like a two to $5,000 uh, stipend, I still have bills back at home where that yeah. pretty much that whole two to $5,000 is going to go to that. So I have to have money to live over there. Right. Do you think about leaving Vancouver for that reason? I don't know. No? Yeah. Ish. I like the city. I've been here a long time. Yeah. I, I don't know where I would go. Maybe back to Vancouver Island, but I want to go abroad too. That's like what I, I was gonna s- say. You could go. Yeah, there's some exciting places yeah. to explore. Lori and I just got kittens a little while ago, oh, so nice. now we have this whole uh, this whole element to it. It's our okay. Life. You can fly with kittens. Yeah, we could fly with the kittens. Yeah, you're right. Just yeah. smuggle them when you're S- your jacket. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, this, oh, this guy's stuck. Poor guy. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's something that Lori and I have talked about for a long time. Is like going and living in Amsterdam for a year. Amsterdam is a great city. Mm. Uh, I love it. It's I th- everyone is so happy there. They have a great arts community. 
everyone bikes everywhere there's like bicycle highways nice. bicycle parkades it's phenomenal the um, dream yeah <laughs> just biking around the city yeah. totally uh when you when you travel like that what kind of perspective does it give you on the yeah the different kind of art groups and scenes and uh, i don't know how to else um, to call it. it just like if you're going to galleries there it's uh work that is really pushing boundaries is mm. something that i see there and i don't s a lot of work in vancouver is very safe Mm. it's very safe work that is uh digestible and going to other places you get to see some pretty like out there works that are uh unless you're going to national galleries then you're seeing masters and that's mm. also a nice thing um the art gallery the, like the vancouver art gallery is good here but i think the coolest place that we have for inspiration in vancouver is the museum of anthropology out at ubc oh yeah not enough people yeah. really kind of like add that to their list of weekend activities but gosh it's like the it's the coolest place to go the building is an arthur erickson building it's a beautiful building but just seeing that the history of all the the west coast work out there is mm. it's sad that it has to be in a museum but it's nice that we can see it and we can still have it too or like yeah. people can still with yeah see something like that and it's it's nice to give context to it all as well what do you say by works being too safe here and in in, in your mind what is what is not like what's being what is it that's being pushed farther can you is it something you can uh, um, put into words uh, probably not no, I'm probably just like eating my own words now <laughs> um, I feel like Vancouver is very fixated on illustrative qualities like mm -hmm. illustration and yeah. not saying it's a bad thing it's just like a thing that I notice that yeah. is very popular uh, and I feel like there's not enough galleries that are really exploring um, abstraction mm -hmm. or uh, that's probably the correct word is abstraction and it's so loose like it, it contains so many different things but there's also not many galleries here that really push sculpture like sculpture is definitely a rare one to me it's so interesting that you think it's not pushed enough because uh, you know whether it's maybe it's my kind of view or relationship of emily carr and walking down granville street if you like I the dominant i haven't been to Gan no? granville and but uh it's funny because to me the i almost feel like there's a lot less representational s gallery spaces. I, I mean, I don't know if my, I don't know why it my perception is so, but it could be. Yeah. yeah. And like, I want to be seeing, um, gosh. Yeah. Like I hate the term outsider art, but I love it. Like I the love that low style. Brow, what else do you want to yeah, call it? Yeah. Uh, both of those kind of yeah. like give a connotation that aren't accurate because, um, like I want to go to the Guggenheim before April and, new york and see that hilma off clint show and she is yeah she, like she was exploring etherealism and she was exploring mm. some some voices that she was hearing and i want to see more of this like i want to see this this crazy stuff mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that speaks to you um i don't know the like i said i'm eating my own words i i actually don't know enough about vancouver's art scene to really comment on it <laughs> something we also talked about because at the same time we're criticizing it on the other hand it's it's hard to be connected with all of it and it's uh, you know there's i'm sure they've got things to work out and figure out how to be more connected in that way yeah because uh, even just uh the groups of artists we're all kind of split especially among genres or ages you know i i don't really hang out with artists who are I don't know, more successful, older, or different spaces. I, I mean, unless you go for the East Culture Crow and you're like, wow, there's hundreds of you guys out here. Yeah, and you're all men making and women. the identical yeah. work. 
but then but we don't nobody knows each other and yeah i, I don't know if that plays into the whole idea that you got to work to support your art so all you do is what you and i do which is like you go to work you make some art and then you try to take care of your life yeah so <laughs> none of us are and it's actually that that can make it difficult to get out and support someone else's work because you also want to try to make something or yeah totally uh last week when i was working in um my boss's wood shop right now i'm i'm um processing a bunch of cherry slabs to turn into big tables mm -hmm. and he the building that his workshop is in his neighbor is an artist and just like he was walking by and i i helped him carry a thing out and kind of got into talking and his name is david spriggs and he is potentially one of the greatest artists i've seen come out of vancouver like he's wow. he's exhibiting in museums all across the world and he's like every year he's doing these huge international exhibits and his work is very 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 beautiful it's exploring light and um three-dimensionality through through paint the application of painting on vellum many layers of oh, vellum well, yeah, and, yeah. and projecting light from above that's cool uh it's phenomenal work and i had never heard of this guy like, yeah and it's just like happen chance i met him and he's he makes his living exhibiting across the world wow yeah so what so what what is the problem then why i know it's a you know we're not gonna find <laughs> ultimate answer here but no. what do you think so how is it I think that more, more galleries need to take chances on potentially artists without a name, without any clout. But but also, how do we not know about this guy? You know what I mean? If he's Maybe so if you're an alumni from Emily Carr, you do. You probably, okay, I think he's yeah. a success story from Emily Carr. Yeah, I just I just wonder, like, yeah, what can I or we or you, what can we do to try to be <laughs> more aware? I don't know. It sounds so naive, I guess, to say, but... Yeah, I don't know. I just, I truthfully <laughs> don't know. I feel like the, the art events based around like what it, our contemporaries are doing are all based around a party. Like they're more based around like a show opening where people are drinking. Is that our fault? I don't know. It's just a proxy of the age, I think. Mm -hmm. um, digesting artworks under inebriation is fun, but it's like you're not fully focused on the artwork. And I think that we need to potentially have more like more venues or avenues to have artist talks and panel discussions around yeah. work and i know that i'm saying this and like um not doing anything to make it happen so it's <laughs> it's hard also i'm being a complete hypocrite right but do you see but do you see how difficult it is especially for the kind of work you're talking about where it's kind of being pushed a little crazy out there the the work that goes that way its application it's um it's um use not usability but it's like uh digestibility becomes less and less for the general public and well that's just it yeah which, uh okay we're we're having a knock on the door hello a police is knocking <laughs> on our door. actually police is knocking on our door just that <laughs> let's find out what's happening this is uh, exciting please do <laughs> hello yeah okay uh we're gonna i'll take a little break i'll play some music and we'll uh, <laughs> get back here <laughs> Uh, all right. Conquiste, que eu já tô nesse pique. 
Yeah, we're <laughs> we're back. So it turns out, allegedly, someone pulled a gun across the street, and uh, we're we could have been witnesses, but maybe we weren't. So that's the first one for this show. Yeah, that was that's wild. Yeah, that, you never know when police is going to start knocking at a door, but turn yeah, just don't pull guns on people. No, gosh. <laughs> Guns are bad, okay? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I got to try to get, get get back into it. So I think we're talking about... Oh, yeah. So we're talking about uh, how the difficulty of pushing art farther and farther is that, that it becomes uh, it becomes harder to try to make a living with it unless you're on that high tier of top galleries where you're... I mean, your your job is like you to uh, push the limits of art. Yeah. And usually if you get to push the limits of art you have someone that's kind of believing in you or backing you to do it but i think that it's easy to get um become victim to making work that uh you know is digestible Mm -hmm. and like there's something to be said about making money off of it that's very positive but i think if it's limiting or stifling what you're doing to um push the boundaries of your potential Mm -hmm. then uh being too comfortable is not necessarily a good thing yeah this is where you sound like a true artist uh, that's like know. a spoken like a true artist artist yeah i guess so but also probably like a fucking hypocrite oh <laughs> <laughs> well, because you push for this this essence the to, yeah like in a broad term of art and exploration this sounds like yeah that is it uh, yeah hopefully kind of <laughs> it is like some people might find my work very safe though so it's is, but so then uh, what uh, if that's the case and if you don't want to be safe and it turns out that you know you just for next 20 years let's say you have to keep having that main job to support your art is that is that okay is that worth it um until the day i die i'll make art yeah so but and you're not gonna what's the word you're not gonna jeopardize your artwork for the sake of selling it um maybe that's the wrong word no i I get what you're saying like I feel like the mural that I did at, for a tall tree um, was very safe. Like I had, uh, so there's two practices potentially. Like that is more of the um, selling my work as a commodity, and yeah. I think that every artist has to do that. But mm-hmm. I feel like you shouldn't so focus solely on creating work as a commodity. Mm-hmm. But for that mural, I had to create a scene of a like west coast and very safe and bright and colorful but i got to explore (laughs) it with my own forms and my own artistic interpretations so that was like a push and a pull yeah but i got a paycheck so that was great and i I don't want to hate on people that are uh making safe work because you guys are doing something right well i'll be honest that's something i think about often because if you sometimes if you push it too far and I guess you have to think about why and who you make it for. Mm-hmm. I've uh, I have had an instructor in school telling me that when I make a piece, he thought to try to try to approach a piece and think like, what if I was making this piece for David here? What would it look like? Mm-hmm. If you know whether it's like you commissioned me or just w- I wanted to get you a gift and it was a piece of work from me, what would it look like? And I think the reason why he was uh, suggesting that as an exercise because it makes you uh, get, think of different aesthetics or even consider what makes a piece appealing to someone else and i think yeah. that's a kind of on the on that same uh type of uh, methodology you're talking about of making artwork where it's f- for someone for a client and i i do go back and forth between this because for example quite often 
uh, for whatever reason, I would I, I want to make some. I feel like making dark work, visually, and then and then you know you create that and you realize oh you know two people want to see it and the rest yeah. just want to turn it off and move on. But I think in making that work, you're gonna you'll learn something from it. Like making work that you want to create over making work that you think will sell or that other people want to see. Um, you're exploring themes that you need to be exploring. Mm. Uh, otherwise, you wouldn't want to make that work, right? And so mm. if you want to make dark work, gosh, you, like make dark work. The, the angsty me wants to make some dark work. But if it, you're an artist, you're yeah. angsty. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. But just because I feel like I, I, these days, I don't even think as much about um, selling or I try actually, I feel like hopefully that means I'm growing up or something, but <laughs> that it's... Um, you're a true Be- artist, Ilya. I don't know. No, see, that's... Uh, yeah. uh, I'll become less concerned, and I think especially because quite often I would be, I don't know, whether it's like sketches or digital work is just... It's like you said, the the main goal is just to create work, and that's not really there. But for some reason... Uh, yeah, for some reason, quite often I would care that it's a, it's a piece that can be appreciated. I don't know. I, I, I have... A, I realize I don't have a strong opinion set on this. It's just somewhere caught in between of... Sometimes I just want to make work because it's like like you said just art and I want to make it and sometimes I, w- I want to create something appealing and I would say that's probably the illustration side of me yeah. illustrator side of me but there's no reason that both can't kind of like work in tandem with each other I think if you're creating this dark work that you want to create it probably will inform uh, the next illustrative piece that you create like maybe you'll learn something about your, your values or like your tonal values not necessarily like your personal values yeah or maybe your personal values too um <laughs> But also, you may, you very well may like realize that after creating these dark works, like shit, it didn't make you feel very good, and there's no reason exactly. to keep making it. Yeah, but you would never know unless you make it. True, and uh, and that's where it, I guess it just comes down to why you make it in the first place, and then I yeah. think that should probably answer everything else. And I think no matter what, you should make it because you want to make it, even if it's for a client. You're making art because you're an artist. Mm. Thusly, like you enjoy the practice of creating and. It's all problem solving in some respect. If it's a client, it's one hundred percent. You're you're creating work as a as a solution to the, whatever problem they're putting in front of you. And um, sorry, I guess maybe I'm not talking. No, I just move, move it around. Yeah. Uh, in the realm of commissions, that's a whole different ball game altogether. Because someone's hiring you to create a painting, and unless they give you the exact thing that they want, they're like, "I want you to make a painting in your style." But then it's a total gamble <laughs> on it. Because, but how I want it. But how I want it. But I don't have any information <laughs> to give you on that respect. It's yeah. Uh, yeah, commissions are a fun game. Yeah. Funny game. That maybe is the correct word. So uh, you may have answered it, but do you know why you make art? Oh shit, dude! It's just something I've always done. Like I, it's in my blood. I have to. Is that a good enough answer for yourself to satisfy mm. yourself? No, I don't know. I make it because I. Um, why do I make art? That's a great question. I feel like I have a story to share and I don't know what that story is. Mm-hmm. So I think making artwork allows me to explore many different themes and it allows me to kind of like convey what's going on within me that otherwise I could not put into words. I think words limit what you're trying to display or what mm-hmm. you're trying to convey. It's like you have 26 letters and those make up all your words, but with a painting or a sculpture, it's like there's no limits to the way in which you could create a thing. And, and especially within the realms of abstraction, um, it's so open for interpretation. Like mm-hmm. I'll create a, a piece and then whatever intrinsic meaning I, I impose upon it, 
often is overlooked by someone who's looking at it and they're going to create a whole new story and for me that's also incredibly interesting to to hear the way that someone wants to digest my work mm, yeah that's always really interesting and uh, do you think about have you ever thought about considering uh, considering uh, trying animation or yeah video? like i um i went to film school that's oh. one of the things i did there you go yeah and uh <laughs> from that i learned that i don't want to be on a computer all day mm. uh i do animate and i do kind of explore i really like exploring um reinterpreting found footage and animating on top of it and then taking a lot of those the found footage film and sounds from it and i write music too i don't oh. share it but dude you do everything yeah <laughs> uh like this year i i do foresee kind of sharing finally some of my yes. music but i'm gonna okay, i want to share it as like a long video okay because i feel like video does take it uh, it opens up another dimension to talk about or to t say something more sometimes i feel like uh, a single painting can encapsulate a lot and at the same time it's also very limiting mm -hmm. as a, uh, where yeah. compared to video where you have audio and you you yeah you've got yeah. moving pictures you got and lots more to say and installations too like yeah um when we met each other it was at tedx in 2015 right. and i oh got man. to do that fun 2015 that interactive wow. installation uh shout out to drew for always believing in me in what some respect or another and giving me sweet young. opportunities we're gonna get him in here soon yeah he's just the greatest homie he's he's too big he, uh, yeah, he's, he's he's getting getting to places that he deserves to be. That's it's right. cool. But um, we'll get him here. Anyways, anyways <laughs> he, yeah, he's given me a few opportunities in the past that have, like, he's let me just create work for the sake of it, and he knows I'm pretty out there with my ideas. So for that TEDx installation, I basically just had to create something that was interactive. So mm -hmm. I created a large um, a sculpture with a matrix of strings and fabric at the back that I projected several of my animations through, but also hooked up an Xbox Connect, And so it, oh, it yeah. took the infrared imaging from the person that was standing in front of it, and uh, it would project also their silhouette through the string matrix and onto the, the fabric. And I don't know what the outcome of it was. Like The title of that one was Holofractographic Dreamscape. And, uh, <laughs> That's good. Yeah, it was exploring lucid dreaming because also the... Um, the projection of the infrared imaging of the person who was standing in front of the camera was slightly abstracted and it was delayed by about two seconds. Mm -hmm. So uh, it would often take a moment for the person who was viewing it to register that they, in fact, were part of the, oh, yeah. the themes. Just like in a lucid dream. It takes, wow. a, if you're b awaking in a dream, it takes a moment to really recognize you're in a dream. So that was that theme. Have you stepped away from digital recently? I, s I do it so much, dude. Like, you do? Uh, yeah, you every night I'm it? working on music. And oh, okay. Yeah, I, it's purely cathartic. Like, for me, it's just making for the sake of making. And, um, wow. my, my software of choice, well, for music is Ableton, but um, for animating is After Effects. Just oh. because, like, I can create collages or illustrations within Photoshop or Illustrator mm -hmm. and then just take that information and directly, um, or direct link, as Adobe does, mm -hmm. into After Effects. That's all amazing. You're so prolific. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. I have too many ideas and not enough time to get them yeah, all out. And not enough, uh, yeah. That's why you don't sleep, huh? That's yeah, I guess so. But also, it's like maybe having so many ideas and exploring so many mediums is also constraining me from finding the audience, the one audience for my work. <laughs> I think that's a, probably the biggest question out there is, yeah, do you, um, what do you want? You pick one medium and get really good at it? or you? Yeah, I don't know. And I, str I struggle with like sharing my an animations and stuff, like, Instagram is is basically the way to share a portfolio now. Mm -hmm. And yeah. uh, I do so many different styles of work that it's hard to, like, maybe I shouldn't be sharing my animation and my music 
through Instagram. If you search back in on my Instagram, you'll find a bunch of animations and all the sounds on them are song like little snippets of songs I've written. Back when you were David is digital. No, it's always been Druvid on Instagram. David is digital is Facebook. Uh, and that's because like okay. right from the get go in two thousand six I didn't want to have my name on there. Okay. That's where okay, that's maybe where the confusion for me yeah, was. It's still David is digital. I, I think I, because I think I told you where I remember for a while following this Druvid and I'm like, man, this work is really cool and so interesting. And then I realized it was you. Uh, and then it just yeah, kinda, and then it all made sense in my Yeah. <laughs> Druvid is kind of like the David, the Druid moniker, but DRU is also my initials. There you go. And in the beginning, I was like, maybe it'll be D David Russell Olick video, thusly Druvid, or mm, there you go. Many meanings. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've, uh, I'm, I'm trying to, and I want to, and I, I think I will slowly give up on uh, only because for a while I think all, all I shared was the fine art side of mm -hmm. stuff I did. I'm really ex excited to see these new uh, con little concept illustrations Thanks, you're sharing. So that's, uh, yeah, that's m more along lines of what I do for work. And I, I think it's... Do you animate? Uh, used to. I used to be a 3D animator, and then so now I do just design. So okay. concept art, create characters, and everything else. But And I, I enjoy that a lot. And I think uh, the topic we were just discussing, you know, wanting to do different types of art and being involved in it and i am and i i don't know i just maybe i, I i'm gonna or i'm stuck caring about looking like one persona yeah. because it, it definitely helps as far as marketing goes but if, I, if i'm okay with not trying to just only sell my work or that being the identity i want to present then i don't really care if i show all this stuff because well that's kind of that's what i do it's me and it is that's exactly what it, you, you. if you don't like it i'm sorry god damn <laughs> yeah. it that's you Ilya. <laughs> um. so that's where that's where i'm going and uh, I, I'm not going to give advice, but I I really do want to see your music and everything else you're making because I'm very curious. Thank you. Yeah, I'm my biggest qualm, I suppose, is um, trying to decide if I want to release it under this moniker I have for yeah, my yeah, art, yeah. or if I want to like create a whole new entity and potentially like not have it be hindered by the people that hate on Druvid or <laughs> like Druvid or whatever. That, I, that that really makes sense, and I think especially because uh, they'll probably be a pretty vast separation because you're messing with multiple software and you're i mean then you got you're adding the music uh, musical element i just yeah. want to see it however you yeah will find I'll a way to release it for, yeah yeah please sure. please do and uh, i'll make sure to share it here too and then the other yeah the other thing is like maybe i just want to put it out there and not have any sort of connection to the druvid like let it be its own entity yeah and if you know you know otherwise it's just like it's another you're going to be the coolest underground artist to ever be <laughs> to ever hit the streets yeah <laughs> that never makes it shit uh, but maybe no, never making is part of the the cool aspect of it. I guess so. Then you're too popular, man. Adam, <laughs> again, Pat, Pat at Space, he uh, he will afford me any opportunity to display the work, and I've kind of told him like I would love to do, a, kind of maybe a release of whatever album I put out as a video and play it live behind Scrim. Mm -hmm. I don't foresee like wanting to be at the forefront of it. I want to let the music and and the animation kind of be the moniker. And I think it would be a lot of fun to play like that. Some of the coolest shows I've seen have been artists playing behind Scrim like that. Yeah. This tour that Flying Lotus has done for the last two years, he plays with three layers of Scrim and he's between wow. the second and the third. And so it's like, it really adds uh, an element of three dimensionality to it. I love that. I love that kind of art, but it, it, it's so, it appears to be so complex because of the amount of knowledge you need to have, or you're better mm -hmm. be partner, partnering up with the right people. Yeah. Or just like faking it. <laughs> or that yeah yeah but it, it is it's beneficial to have someone who kind of knows the ins and outs of those softwares to push it but 
So, um, I guess we chatted about Vancouver art scene. I, I, maybe let, let me ask you uh, what you like and what you dislike about it. I love how inclusive it is. Okay. I, I've met so many great people through uh, just through being part of like Snag or like the Mural Fest or mm -hmm. the show at, that I had at Slice. Um, just meeting really great people. Yep. And I, I actually think I will credit that mostly to Snag. Yeah, it's, it's different it's different than what it used to be uh when it was at the cobalt though in like a weekly event mm -hmm. that's it was so fun yeah. it was crazy to just be down there around so many creative people that were on the up the come up like mm -hmm. many of these people who started out at snag they're making full livings as yeah. artists now and it's cool to see uh i think vancouver art community this new moniker uh it has taken over snag now oh yeah yeah so they're i think they're what is the goal behind that group I think their goal is just like the name says. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Just creating uh, an avenue to display and uh, promote artists from the city. But um, yeah, I, I guess they've taken over Snag and they'll be running that now. And it's going to be a monthly event Sweet. at the American. Um, I'm, I'm just glad that, it, that it's going to keep going. Yeah, so yeah. am I. And they're taking it at like, holy cow, the roster that mm -hmm. snag has of artists yeah. like shit they don't have to do any work there's <laughs> tons of good people here yeah yeah and gotta get them out there it's just a fun place to to display work but like i said i wish that i knew who owned all the pieces i've ever created at yeah. snag like never met any of them let's go investigate maybe but there's a video somewhere yeah hunt them down. Uh, don't you yeah <laughs> i found that actually quite odd and maybe it is because just how i see it because yeah i've had some there's some pieces where someone got him and never contacted me, but I feel like if I was in that situation, I would like to figure out who the, <laughs> who the say artist was. Yeah, or say hi to the yeah. artist. Yeah. Or like a thank you. like <laughs> Or something like that. They just won this piece of art for between 5 and 20 bucks, and it's yeah. like, you're not going to buy maybe that. They, maybe they think it costs 5 and 20 bucks. Well, in reality, uh, yeah. yeah. Hopefully that's not. A, that's a different. user would smack if that's the case. <laughs> you can go steal it back. Spend uh, money on local art, guys. Yeah, there it's you go. It's worth it. Dude, you, okay, so you got you to gotta tell me about uh, what happened at Dayton Cup? Because I read that Instagram post oh, way back, and we yeah, haven't had the conversation yet. So that was a thing. I, I just, I just wanted you to tell a good, good story. That was. Uh, I met, I got to meet a cool artist there, whose name is Casey Hall. Uh, so that was a very positive thing okay. that I met, I took out of the Dayton Cup, and um, it was, a, it was nice for Kirsten Larson to uh, give me the opportunity to create that work. She is. Um, what is her moniker again? You know Kirsten. Yeah, yeah, I do. I can look it up while you're talking about it. Tell people what the event yeah, is about. Yeah, so the Dayton Cup is this, like, bougie horse race uh, at the Hastings racetrack where everybody dresses up in very expensive clothes and smokes cigars and <laughs> drinks ex expensive booze and bets money on <laughs> horse races. Yeah. And so there was an element of, um, of art that was brought on this year. And I created two very large paintings two four by eight paintings side by side so they were an eight foot by eight foot canvas basically mm -hmm. and a large sculpture that i finished live and it was just not the uh the demographic that appreciated <laughs> my work it was uh yeah it was like i think the nicest thing that someone said to me was like what are you even doing like what that is wasn't this? <laughs> and one of the things that stuck out to me was this woman came up to me in her her Dayton cup dress and was like you should just paint it all pink it doesn't look good right now and I was like wow oh, 
<laughs> maybe you're right. Maybe I should just. Paint I didn't it all know those humans existed, and to me, maybe the, so. You know, when we're talking about, oh, why don't people go to Archer or something like that? Well, uh, maybe that is why. Yeah, and <laughs> I think that maybe the people who organized the Dayton Cup were like, we want to appear as cultured, so let's bring some artists on. But uh, nobody got it. Nobody got you're, it. You're just no. too deep for them. Uh, or, I don't know, shit. Like maybe I should have painted some, some trees, or something. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, flowers and half-naked women that's yeah, all you got to do exactly. it's going to be I, I, i'm sure that's a it's way to success yeah and uh <laughs> so shout outs to kirsten for i uh, couldn't find uh, it you can look it up if you want but yeah um, yeah i remember i was supposed to yeah they're talking about doing a mural for that but that never lined up yeah vancouver art attack there you go that's right company yeah okay. uh she's doing great things like she's really offering opportunities to artists as well um and I'm very appreciative of that opportunity, but it just wasn't the right venue for my work. I venue left or early. People. Or venue or people? Both. Like yeah. I was getting pretty offended by the end, and I think I, I packed all my shit up and left before it was over. And that's so strange because that is like th that crowd is the people whose money, like you said, right? Yeah, yeah. but yeah, they will they want to digest work that they're told is cool okay or yeah. that is like you said trees and half naked women are we gonna are we just gonna get start getting depressed here right now yeah buddy <laughs> i already am um whatever like i got to meet casey he's nice. he's a really go dope guy so that was a very positive thing to come out of it and i ended up with all the work i created so sweet uh, those large pieces look really cool thank you the yeah i cut one of them up into two four by four canvases and painted over top of them with like with hints of the painting underneath kind of like well basically the piece was created to be a diptych at at eight by eight feet yeah they're and so, large and they're they were to be displayed vertically and no one's going to have an eight foot vertical space in a home or even like a, a business so i cut it and now it's four by four so it doesn't make sense anymore so i had to like refinish them mm -hmm. and i'm stoked on the two pieces that came out of it um one was called light dance and one was called night dance and they were really fun. And yeah. so I still have one 4 by 8 that I, I'm going to keep as a 4 by 8 but I'm going to flip it so it's horizontal, and I need yeah. to paint over it as well. So it's nice that I, I ended up with the works. And one of those 4 by 4 paintings is going to go into the um, the furniture company. Oh, store. awesome. Yeah. Yes. Look at that. So things are, things things are on the up and up. Yeah. Good, good things come out when someone trashes your work verbally. And yeah, you exactly. <laughs> or rather, good things come out when you make work that you want to make. And good then point. You'll find. A you didn't paint place it pink for, it. for that lady, so I'm glad. I I'm didn't glad. paint it pink. No, I didn't. I'm, Gosh, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad. Uh, so am I. Yeah. Although maybe maybe it was such an out there idea that it was the right idea. Would have been. It would have worked. Maybe she was just so so on. Her finger was so on the point that I just. <laughs> I put it past her and I shouldn't have. It would have been so conventional that it would be opposite of conventional. Oh my gosh, yeah. Although then again, what makes pink conventional? Anyways, yeah. we're, we're not going to go down that road. No. Let's get back uh, on track. I want to know, uh, you've recently, um, I guess, can we call it art activism? You're, uh, I think you're, uh, you're try I don't know if you're, how much work you sold to try to support the... Um, None. If anybody wants no? them, they're okay. still up for the... Yeah, the Unistote. Do you want to talk about a little bit about that? Or I have a couple of questions for you. I just feel like there's a lot of things happening within this country that are pretty dirty. Like, mm -hmm. for lack of a better term, there's still a lot of colonialism that's going on. And uh, I, I have offered a little bit of money. I don't have a, much money, but I have a lot of art. Mm -hmm. So if people want to, like, buy some of these pieces, I put them up for auction, but not a single bid. So, like, if you just want to buy one of these little paintings for 50 bucks or something from me, donate the money to the 
the Unistoten camp and mm -hmm. um, show me that you've done it and I'll send you a piece. I'll send you two pieces. I'll send you some paintings and a print. Just if you can afford to buy some art, like donate it to a place that needs it. And um, I'll s that's how I can offer support. It's actually re really surprising to me that you didn't because, I mean, not only it's a, yeah, as you're saying, it's a huge issue, but maybe so then once again, that's kind of connecting the right to the right people. And I wonder if there's organizations you can reach out to or something like that to mm -hmm. team up and because clearly there's a lot of passionate people about um i hope the so issue, I imagine yeah, about the so pipeline it's yeah it's like is this something that you've done before because uh th this is not really and no? i didn't come up with the idea i've no? seen some other artists doing similar things and uh i just feel like as an artist innately we're creating work for ourselves so right off the bat is very selfish um and if i can use that selfishness to maybe like help a help something that i I think would be positive like yeah exactly I've been thinking a lot about this recently as well just it's it's exactly like you said the pursuit is selfish uh, in kind of by by its nature yeah and it, it, it has it's to not be. necessarily a negative connotation no, it's just no. the word selfish means it's for the self so. exactly yeah, yeah. Um, is this uh, something you would like to do have you thought have you given more thought to whether it's like organizations or um, I don't know how people to you want to support yeah I suppose like I just don't know the way in which to penetrate that like offer my artwork to them and then they can auction it off or using whatever little audience that I have uh, but like I said not a single bite so I don't know I don't feel like my audience is the right audience hmm. for that yeah I, it, yeah just the whole idea of buying art right that's overall it's yeah 50 bucks is affordable though for an original yeah painting totally it's yeah it's <laughs> it's nothing <laughs> i don't know what question to ask what's wrong with humans no i don't know a lot that's not that's <laughs> yeah let's not get into that this, <laughs> but it's not, not that, that's not that's not even the <laughs> right question i'm just uh, I'm goofing around yeah um yeah i i i like that idea i hope you yeah i can i can see just that working well because i think as artists there's you can offer a lot of value to the community i think through so, your work and through the craft right I think as um, most artists that are creating work are going to have a backlog of work that's not really doing much. Mm -hmm. So if I can share some of that, that'd be sweet. I saw you also made a, uh album artwork. Oh yeah, yeah. shout out to Caravello. Um, he makes really, really beautiful sounds. Mm -hmm. Really, really beautiful uh, instrumental hip hop and sample based hip hop. Awesome. Maybe some of the coolest music coming out of the city and not mm -hmm. enough Caravello? How do you people spell know it? Uh, K-A-R-A. V-E-L-O. And okay. you can find all this music on Spotify or whatever streaming service you use. Okay, I gotta look it up. Um, but yeah, the word album art is funny now because the only way that you would digest this artwork is through your phone screen. It's mm. not printed as a physical thing uh, anymore. You, know, you, can, you can make your own. Yeah, you can make <laughs> your own. But I, I definitely encourage anybody that likes uh, some lo-fi beat music to go check out Caravello on, on Spotify. To me, it was interesting because there is that kind of nice mix of commercial and personal work because I imagine you got to do what you wanted to do. Yeah, uh, I, I exactly got to do what I yeah. wanted to do. And I gave him a few concepts before I painted the final thing. And then uh, he, yeah, I'm, I'm giving him the painting. Like he awesome. wanted to buy an album, but I made yeah, a yeah. painting for him. So. Sweet. And then how often do you, uh, do you pick up these kind of projects? That one was, uh, happened organically. Mm -hmm. um, it just kind of like he has liked my work for a while and he he asked if i was interested in making an album 
art for him because he just released that album at the end of December. Maybe it was the beginning of this year. And um, I said, yeah, like, because I like the music. Mm -hmm. I've done album art for other people whose music I didn't like, and then I didn't feel good about it after. <laughs> really? Yeah, so. Um, I get it. I'm, that's probably just shows how personal your artwork is to you. I feel Did like you feel like you're misrepresenting? Yeah. Yeah? Did, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I would rather help promote people's work who I believe in um, than, than put it on stuff that I don't like or I, I am not jiving with potentially. For that same reason, do you think you'd struggle picking up certain commercial projects? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. Has that happened before? It's, no, it hasn't happened because mm. no one wants to hire me. But, <laughs> 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 um, but I feel like I would definitely have that struggle for sure. Test me, anybody that okay, you don't you think I, I would be a... If you think I would be a bad fit for your company, but you want to hire me, holler. Just, there's going to be like a cigarette packaging company. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Hey, do you... <laughs> do you this, this, that's funny. Uh, do you see people who... Do you, do you know artists who feel like they're in demand? Sorry, do I know artists who are in demand? Yeah. Or who feel like they're in who demand? Look, yeah, yeah. Uh, because you just said nobody wants to hire you and it, it feels like a it's like a it's a demand thing right oh i guess um shout out to tierney like <laughs> that girl is hustling and she is killing it uh hello tierney what's up to you? I, I feel like that's a no that's a weird term now that i think about it in demand i guess it could be a good thing right yeah like it's not a bad thing that's for sure she's making amazing what do you work. mean like the the phrase maybe the phrase is the wrong one for that but yeah Tierney's definitely killing it. She is like I don't know how she's doing everything she's doing. But I think that's an interesting example where she's in the like in the right or not right, but like in cool avenues where her art really makes sense. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and that's but that's why I'm asking you. Uh, you know this kind of idea of I don't know. I keep using in demand, but kind of there is spaces in society, and whether it's you know you're creating a mural for a uh, new restaurant or if your artwork is going to be on an album, there's. There yeah. is and is yeah. this something you think about do you feel like yeah i keep saying like in it's, demand, it's hard like required for, um, yes it's definitely hard to take my sculptures and try to put them in uh in a commercial element because i don't know how to display them i'm not a photographer mm -hmm. and i don't really have good photographs of my work and i don't even know how i would really display that I'm as just gonna uh, ask some friends yeah yeah <laughs> dylan where are you buddy <laughs> um but I, I, I wouldn't know how to, like, monetize sculpture as a commodity mm -hmm. without just, like, selling the sculpture and having that be yeah. the sale. I feel bad that I keep bringing it back to this point And, like, I wonder why. And often it seems like just because it, it kind of comes down to it. If you want to make your artwork and if you want to make it you and being able to spend all of your time on it you know that's that's kind of those are the basics of life that is yeah and, and I, I, I i'm it's kind of sad that it does go back to it but in some way it has to right yeah, yeah. it's like we said it's the, the process of being an artist is very selfish mm -hmm. and um it's a very uh it's trying to satisfy the self and whatever like desire to create you have so um hopefully someone else will be as into my work as i am one day <laughs> Dude, i love your work uh, and i, I think Thanks, like i said especially i would say it's true i feel like you've your work has leveled up especially maybe so since that show it's slice of life i think so too and and it didn't look like i didn't know that was your first sculpture show because it, it didn't look like it thank uh, you and so yeah I, i'm very excited for your work i have um i work feverishly 
Mm-hmm. Like when I'm working, I work very intensely and I'll often work a lot. Um, you just got to take care of yourself, man. Yeah, it's, it's coming. <laughs> it's, 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 it shouldn't be secondary. Don't but burn it's, out. It's coming. Um, yeah. But I think the process of working feverishly uh, really helps me expand. Mm-hmm. Like well, that's the only way. Right? Yeah, it, it is. You can't have an work. idea and yeah. not explore it. Like if you want to grow as an artist, make the work and you'll grow. Like if you have any idea, like practice makes perfect. You can make a hundred shitty pieces and then you make that 101 and it's the best thing you've ever made. And th- those 100 pieces beforehand were very well worth it. Yeah. And also don't forget that one of those hundred pieces may be the best piece to someone else. So well, totally. That's yeah, always you have to, that's actually a very hard part of yeah. being an artist is that with work you're not really sharing is realizing that you have a very critical eye of the self quite often you're the most like the worst judge of your work yeah uh, yeah and at the same time those aesthetics that you choose to follow through w- are what make you great but it's uh, quite often the things you d- don't like could be actually really cool yeah okay. or li- like you said you never know what's going on in someone else's head and yeah. especially in the realm of abstraction um people interpret images in their own unique way and i th- i really enjoy that about uh abstracted works that potentially don't necessarily have something immediately uh, understandable to them or like you can't fully understand what the story is behind the piece but it's a beautiful object or a beautiful painting um you can add narrative to it mm-hmm. and, and that narrative changes as well and th- for my sculptures the way in which you light it like the whole element of shadow is a whole separate thing altogether mm-hmm. um yeah yeah i really want to ex- start exploring light like literally light within sculpture as well my next question here was what what one skill do you want to get better at uh, uh oh um pr- promoting myself yeah <laughs> yeah. So it's not a, yeah okay gotcha. yeah, it's yeah. not an artistic skill it's like a business skill and it business. takes time right yeah uh but i think in terms of artistic skills is like maybe branching out of just wood for my sculpture mm-hmm. uh exploring more materials i really want to get into um uh, clay and, yeah. and pottery and stuff like me who knows if it will be for something i want to explore as an art medium or just another cathartic practice because we all need more of those right yeah <laughs> <laughs> shit oh you have you have all, all of them though you've collected <laughs> yeah. them all already um shout out to arts paper scissors billy, oh yeah billy is yeah. making amazing work and billy i still want to take a class with you on your wheel buddy check out check out that guy yeah He's and everyone in layout art studios both both yours and, <laughs> we got and Scott's, uh, yeah, all have are full of amazing artists. But uh, Billy, um, holler at me, dog. I want to take that right. that course we've been talking about for a little while. I, I can't wait to see you do that. Yeah, you just you you want to collect them all, man. You, you got to pick up all them. Yeah, skills. all the pokey arts, <laughs> collect them all, dog. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. Yeah, so the skills you want to improve on. Okay, gotcha. Uh, is there, do you have any habits that make you successful that you're aware of? I don't, well, I'm not successful, so. Well, I'm making I think work. You are. Thank you. I appreciate it's just that, that. What do you define as success, right? Yeah, m- maybe I'm not the monetary success, but um, I think that working within several mediums at one time, I, which I already said earlier, uh, helps, each medium helps to inform the other. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very positive to be working on several pieces at one time. So within these several pieces that you're working on at once, if you're exploring multiple mediums, each of the mediums you're exploring is innately going to be adding to the other, right? Mm-hmm. Like if I'm working on a sculpture and I'm working on a painting that is heavily aerosol based, and then I'm working on a painting that is gouache and then a painting that is latex, each of those materials 
has different qualities that you can only achieve with each of those materials. But if I do this unique brush stroke with a, some latex paint that I've mixed on my brush, uh, I'd be like, shit, like that's really cool. And I yeah. want to try to achieve that now with wood grain or um, a form within a sculpture. And I think that working like this has really allowed me to expand my artistic practice. Mm -hmm. And so I, I encourage anybody out there that is uh, in a bit of an artist block to to try to work on many pieces at once or explore a new medium. I think collage, um, like cutting up clippings and reassembling them is a great practice for any painter. Mm -hmm. It really allows you to take imagery and uh, reinterpret it in whatever way you see fit. And I think it, it just helps you get out of a rut if you're in a single rut or take, if you work predominantly in color, try to work in black and white for a bit mm -hmm. or inversely if you work in black and white try to take your tonal values and apply them to color that's very good advice yeah I, for a while i definitely uh, and probably still am was really scared of abandoning certain art practices or tools that i was using for the mm -hmm. fear of it going away mm -hmm. like and and i to maybe to a certain extent it's true but it's, it's not like you're not going to be able to pick it up but yeah the the value that you're talking about of being able to bring other mediums into it and how it, it makes the other ones stronger it, I, I feel like i'm only learning it now and for me the fear was you know having the full-time job where i work digitally you know i'm realizing more and more that it does benefit me and probably more so than i no, you know probably a very well not probably it does 100 yeah, yeah, percent does but that was my fear of so i'm curious to see where what i do in the future and over the next years but that fear of for example not doing not painting with oils and being scared that now you know now i can't be good at it but yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that was a good squeak in my voice Very nice. um <laughs> i think it's riding a bicycle i yeah. think you can take a time away from it but you will uh you'll always have those skills and i think it's also healthy to take a little bit of a break sometimes if, you, if you're in a rut like mm -hmm. maybe take a little while off of a painting or if, or if you're a writer write some nonsensical poems <laughs> that are have nothing to do with whatever story you're working on uh and it's just like flexing your creative mind mm. it doesn't it's not necessarily flexing your uh your applied skill that you're uh, use, using for your creativity but it's purely just helping the creative mind explore itself mm -hmm. and i think that these are very uh very positive things to to utilize as an artist what do you write you mentioned you do you like creative writing what do you explore I suppose it's poetry, but yeah. it's like it's free form. It's, it's nothing. Mm -hmm. One day I want to put out books. It's something I've wanted to do for a long time. Ah, dude, you're so inspiring. You just do everything. You'd yeah, I guess. In. I appreciate that. Yeah. You're making a living as an artist, though, dog. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so. Thanks. I'm trying different, right? It's commercial yeah. kind of art living. Yeah, it's still art. Making art. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, children's books and then coffee table books. Maybe books that look like they're for children but have underlying themes that are, like, a little bit more metaphysical. Um, there's just so many different mediums to explore like with this show I'm going to have in uh, in May at Slice potentially I'm going to do a little series of screen prints with Ben Yes. and I've never done ben. any screen yeah, printing yeah, yeah. so like one off one off screen prints that are probably embellished with some paint so that each is unique but I just kind of yeah that'll take me out of my element as well and mm -hmm. then also creating work with the idea that it is an accessible price point like the mm -hmm. work I want to sell for 200 250 bucks or, or yeah. even under like have a few hundred dollar pieces um that will also like kind of direct how much time i want to spend on a piece and 
I want, I don't want it to be lacking. So it's mm-hmm. like, how can I, how can I, um, assemble whatever skills I'm, I'm seeking to, to implement and do it. So in, in a certain amount of strokes or a certain amount yeah, of yeah. shapes. Yeah. I think this is a good example of how, even though you try multiple mediums, you're still able to, it looks like you. And, you. and uh, I think that's something I definitely try to strive yeah. for. Yeah. Yeah. To me, that's really cool because it, it kind of shows you how yeah, you can pick up whatever you want, and you can still express you can yourself honestly. Do whatever you want, yeah. man. Like, <laughs> don't feel like there's any limits for anything. Just space, I suppose. Like, unfortunately, with the sculpture, you need uh, you need tools or you need space, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then it, it's storage is money. It's all money. It's <laughs> God damn it! I know. Yeah. What are your What are your worst habits that make you un- like uh, not unnecessary, not finishing pieces? Yeah. Yeah, but. I think it works to my benefit as well because like I love revisiting a piece from a year ago and I'll finish it and now I have a a new new um I'm looking at it through a different lens so mm-hmm. it allows me to finish it or maybe I'll paint it all out except one little area and that it becomes like kind of a, a ghost it mm-hmm. becomes a, a memory within a memory that's cool yeah that's one uh, that's uh, kind of the same advice I really took from Peter Reek when he was on here about just you know do whatever you want just yeah make a little body of work out of it even if it's three pieces or yeah five but then and that that to me made ses- made sense in my head somehow because i do like to do different things and well, i think it's, it's very healthy to be doing different things and i think that you should be you just you gotta things. like wrap them up to or uh, I, I like the idea of you whatever you try you know you wrap it up in a little package or however you want to look at it yeah if you can that's that's ideal <laughs> you know, and step step away from it for a little bit, bit too if, if it's like not getting anywhere because fresh eyes will often like be the healthiest thing to finish a piece of work mm-hmm. so 2019 what does it look like for you hopefully lots of residencies yeah at, yeah, yeah, at least one saying, yeah. but so you the ones you're applying are for this year yeah, yeah? Uh, okay. a couple are for next year and many of them are for this year and then uh i am applying for a few public sculpture grants um so i would be stoked to get those i applied for a big printed mural in banff that i find out um the end of february if i got it or not i'm pretty stoked on my submission but Mm -hmm. it's uh it was all digital like i did the whole thing in illustrator just because it's going to be printed so that was a fun a fun exercise for me too because i predominantly like i I work in the real world um (laughs) in the real world that with work that i share i work in physical space so that was a good exercise and it really made me realize that i should be doing more artist prints or prints what have you from illustrator like mm-hmm. it's such an easy way for me to create work and explore ideas and mm-hmm. um yeah so i hope to hear back from that and uh waiting to hear back from uh an application i put in for the van city credit union rentwood branch that is a i proposed a big 12 foot sculpture so Ooh, that would be fun. yes yeah it's yeah. on a big 19 foot wall it's it would be a hybrid of sculpture and and uh, mural like a background you know oh, that's gonna be awesome um, i hope you get it i hope i get it too i don't know <laughs> if i will but it's these are things i'm putting myself out yeah. for i'm really used to being turned down oh yeah so like that's anytime uh, i get the the a-okay it feels great yeah no i <laughs> i think it's just the constant uh, man whether you're applying for work i mean you're that's a type of work application yeah Ooh, the amount of rejections you get i just got one recently and i but i actually i did apply for i think it was the portrait get i don't know if it was i think it was the portrait gallery they had uh, like it was but it was a big call out and yeah got a nice little email about 
well, you submitted really nice work. The amount of because of the amount of applicants that we had. Yeah, <laughs> same. That's uh, your work. Yeah, yeah. My like, gosh, this, that, that uh, wording. Yeah. Yeah, I applied uh, for to be part of a contemporary show at Beers London, and I didn't even make the long list of like 350 <laughs> people. Yeah. So. Oh, maybe that. When did you apply for that one? Uh, December. Yeah, I think I, I think I may have applied for that one too. And yeah. Hey man, just, whatever. Just, one year good. I'm gonna get into beers. I'm positive of <laughs> that. So. But sometimes I feel like I spend so much time on these things and you never get in. And sometimes I definitely get discouraged because I realize could have spent these like ten hours. Well, maybe not ten, whatever, a couple hours just. But making those also, sketches. it's uh, the more you apply, the easier it is to apply. True. And then yeah. you kind of have templates. Um, totally. Yeah. I realized. Okay. Um, I'm just gonna use the bathroom, guys. Okay, he's gonna run. Okay, maybe I could entertain you. Maybe I could play some songs. So while <laughs> David was, was away, I just witnessed a fight across the street. I feel like today is just oh a chaotic gosh. day around here on Hastings Street. I missed it. Damn. <laughs> well, I... I don't know. It was, it was not really good. I feel like no, no it's not no, good. No, <laughs> it's one of those things where just huh. yeah, cops it, are here though. It's so. chaos. Stop by if you want to. Yeah, just witness some fights and maybe uh -huh. people pulling out guns and stuff like that. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, I realized that we gotten so far into this conversation. I didn't really ask you about where you came up and how how oh. do you get into art and um, that. Yeah, I've uh, been around my whole life. My mom is an artist. Okay. And my aunt is a pretty prolific interior designer. My nana is a painter. My papa was an artist. My grandpa was a musician. It was all on my mother's side of the family, though. Mm -hmm. um, and that's how my mom has made her living for most of her life is through her art. So wow. uh, she's a, a glass artist, like stained glass. Mm -hmm. But she also did a lot of pottery when she was when I was young. And she's getting into painting now. Um, but just around creativity is something that has always been driven in me like being passionate about creativity and i think when i was like i started drawing very very young and then entering like uh little art contests in school and i grew up in a really small village called gold river on okay. vancouver island and you would win like uh, helicopter rides and stuff if you won what? the art contest so i won like so many helicopter <laughs> rides and you got tired of them yeah That's well it was fun yeah they were, they were fun and you usually got to bring one or two people so i would usually bring my like nana and my papa Wow. Um, and then I would start going to like art camps in the summertime and stuff. My mom would drive me down to Campbell River, Courtney and would camp and I'd get to do art camps during the week. And then, uh, I think when I was like 12 or 13, I came over to Vancouver for a few weeks in the summer out in White Rock and did like a very intensive atelier type school for drawing and stuff. And, um, so just always been around it. It was from early on, yeah. yeah. It sounds like you had pretty good role models too. Yeah, like just always encouraged, mm -hmm. which was any any idea I had, my mom has been super supportive. Uh, so I'm very grateful for that. And then in high school, um, just like pursuing art as much as possible. And then in grade 12, I had enough credits that I could become a half student with independent studies. And so with my art teacher and the principal, we just said like, I'm going to make a body of paintings and i got to just have to go to school for half the day wow. at, for grade 12 it was great that's awesome um exploring a few like n dirty habits when you're in 
grade 12 and only half student <laughs> and making art, but it's good. Uh, so yeah, I got to like every single day be in the art studio by myself working on, a <coughs> excuse me, a body of paintings. And then, and then why film school then? Yeah. Uh, so that happened after, right after high school, yeah. I moved down to Victoria with a bunch of friends and I did, um, like fine art school there, mm-hmm. uh, certificate of visual arts at the Vancouver Island school of art. And that was great. I learned a lot. Um, it was a really cool school. They're still going. When I was there, I think it was in the second or the third year of the school. Oh, cool. And I was by far the youngest student. It was mostly like 40 to 50 to 60-year-old women who were there <laughs> um, pursuing art because they had never, like they had always been interested and now they had time because they were retired. And so I was in school with a lot of people who were like painting flowers and very, <laughs> f- very like safe paintings. And I was, I was actually a little bit, more abstract back then did you know what you wanted to get out of it when you're in that school (coughs) like did you know color theory and um, history i really really enjoyed art history but when you're in that school were you already thinking that you're trying to make a career or you're just yeah yeah uh, yeah well learning by by proxy yes but i like in high school i knew i wanted to be an artist as a career i just didn't know how to do it um and then when i was doing that i was working at a bar as like a food runner and uh, my dad, he he thought that that was a sh- stupid skill. Not my art, but that like <laughs> working in a bar was a stupid skill. Okay. So he uh, he br- brought me into construction, and okay. like I started laboring with him when I was 19, and I'm very grateful for that. Uh, and I'm very grateful I got to work with him too. He passed away six years ago now. I'm sorry. So it was uh, yeah. I'm I'm glad that I had that time to work with him. So. Um, is that what led into carpeting yeah, uh, eventually? Yeah, yeah, totally it is. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and for the first many years, like I was kind of like not stoked on it either. Mm. Um, but then eventually it grew on me. And uh, so in 2009, I decided to move to Vancouver from Victoria because I was like, okay, what am I doing with this laboring? I want to make art, but I'd never like open Photoshop or Illustrator or anything. <laughs> so I was like, I'll go to Vancouver Film School. Um I'm glad I did, but I'm still paying off that student loan. Those are and it was a very schools. expensive lesson to learn that I don't want to be working on a computer <laughs> for my <laughs> livelihood. But uh, I took a lot of information out of it, made some cool connections, and um, like I, I learned softwares, and mm-hmm. I'm happy with which what... You're, which you're using now, right? Which I am using yeah. now, yeah, totally. And they're, they'll be beneficial however I decide to to display them. Mm-hmm. And then uh, right after, like when I was still in film school in 2010 and graduating, I got a job at um, a design company in Vancouver called Molo Design. Mm-hmm. And they make expandable paper furniture and seating and stuff. And uh, the owners of that company, Todd and Stephanie, they are still some of the greatest mentors I've ever had for just being unrelentless in pursuing a vision that you have. Wow. And uh, that was a really positive experience working with them. And they supported me in my art as well and i got to display some art with them at ids west one year mm-hmm. and um just got to like i got to do a bunch of international trade shows with them like not displaying my work but going yeah, yeah. and traveling and going and by proxy when i'm going to these other cities like getting to see the galleries in these other sitting cities and just seeing um the culture around art and design and craft and uh from there was I w- was working with 
them and my that's when my dad got quite sick so mm. i took some time away and um then came back to vancouver and uh just kind of have been working carpentry since but making focusing on art like had a bunch of different studios and i don't know making art for art's sake and hopefully something comes out of it would you want to go back to a job similar to the one you're doing with the, uh, the paper furniture company um maybe it's a little bit like it was too much computer time no no, no i was in the workshop oh wow cool. yeah, yeah it was it was a very cool job actually uh but i think that it was like it was a job like mm -hmm. you're you're let you're helping someone else yeah, yeah. live their dream or attain their dream and i have too many dreams to like want to be doing my own thing so for a few years i was just like taking on side carpentry projects and uh in 2016 i started working with this guy josh at maestro developments um who i still work with but for up until like last uh, like october 2018 i was subcontracting to mm -hmm. him so i wasn't an employee and i finally just signed on as an employee because there's some benefits that you i finally got got into it nice yeah, yeah. but uh i'm gracious that he fully understands that my passion is my art yeah and, that's and amazing yeah it's cool and anytime i need to take off i'm allowed to and uh does it feel like the does this job feel less like you're realizing someone else's dream well it yeah yeah it, it's still like i'm helping this guy develop his dream and i'm like i'm not making a terrible wage but i'm definitely not making money mm -hmm. like i'm making enough money to live and that's about it yeah vancouver's expensive as hell yep um but i get to be uh developing skills that i enjoy developing and it's problem solving like i said i love problem mm -hmm. solving and um working with tools so i work with that's all i'm doing all day long and uh i think it's pretty cool that all these things you yeah. did they all benefited the art that you make now because you I, do I, it all right? yeah i agree somehow like, it all yeah, came together or it has, it has all come together or it's yeah. coming together um but the end goal is to be self-sustaining on the art in whatever capacity that is i'm not fully sure yet like what would be an ideal lifestyle uh commission-based works probably and having a show or two a year uh being able to create a body of work that a gallery takes on the um to the different art trade shows every year and you know in the beginning of a sh the podcast you said that may not be realistic in vancouver do you still well i don't even know if a gallery from vancouver does the trade show circuit hmm. like yeah um you have to go out down to us yeah yeah big time uh for the work that i'm creating i feel like the people that i look up to the most are down in oakland in the bay area oakland and san fran i think it'd be really cool if you get into one of those residencies because you could not work so at too. the same time as yeah. yeah and usually the residencies culminate in um a little show and even mm -hmm. if it's like in a secluded community i'm abroad so i can say that now i've internationally exhibited there and you go if you use art speak which we all do on the portfolio it looks way better than it actually was so <laughs> yeah it's all about experiences and hopefully leading to a place i think as long as the work i make is authentic Which uh, it is. it's gonna get thanks yeah. it's gonna take me to wherever it is that i'm going mm -hmm. it's all just like the way in which i create is aut automatic it's like so is my lifestyle i have no idea what i'm gonna be doing but i feel like i'm on the right path mm -hmm. so it's and and recognizing when um when you are creating these connections with new people or recognizing if you you've made this work that you know is going to potentially turn into something that uh could be lucrative uh being gracious along the way i think mm -hmm. is very helpful to you yeah. i guess that and humble which i guess are very similar yeah yeah yeah, yeah. always remain humble always uh, learn um 
okay no i was gonna ask your five ten year plan but i think you gave me a really good answer for that one um uh what is uh what is your greatest extravagance elaborate on that well i don't i don't know like right off the bat probably just being too too drawn into trying to pursue so many different things at once <laughs> um actually the one question i want to ask you is that because we were talking about that do you remember what's the most recent art piece you've purchased or you got um that i have purchased one was uh andrew oliver had a show at slice last okay. year oh yeah Yeah, and yeah. uh bought a little piece from him i'm stoked on that one very nice um bought a clock from tiktok last year sweet stoked on that you're, you're building a collection too then yeah um i'm trying to buy a little sculpture from andrew tavakshian he still has to give me a price andrew if you're listening buddy i'm waiting for you to tell me how much you want and i'll pay you i didn't know he was making sculptures too. that's what he did in his uh his grad project from emily oh, Co. Right. he made such beautiful ceramic pieces mm -hmm. he is prolific he's one of my favorite artists in this city He's doing things too. He's doing it. I see his work. I meet the guy. I know. I see him around. I gotta yeah. make sure. He's great. You yeah. should get him on the podcast. He's cool. To. He's a cool yeah. guy. He's young. He's he's got a lot of potential. A lot and of fire. A lot of fire, and he's unwavering. Like he's pursuing what he wants to make, mm -hmm. and running with it. Um. So yeah, I'm waiting to buy a sculpture from him. That's my nice. that's my next purchase. What's your um, recent uh, biggest inspiration? Hmm. 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 Um, just seeing everyone in Vancouver, like trying to make a go at it. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Uh, a lot of us are, right? A lot of us are really trying to make it work, man. There's so many amazing artists in this city. Uh, but truthfully, like the work I look up to the most is coming from abroad and I'm grateful to have like Instagram as a tool to be able yeah. to see it and see what these people are doing with it and, uh, how they're pushing the boundaries of sculpture uh or painting mm -hmm. um yeah just being consistently in inspired by experiences as well and friends it's always nice to have friends and <laughs> very good it's yeah great. yeah like grateful to have Lori in my life she's my muse and inspiration and um it's nice to have someone that you can share space with and just completely be yourself yeah uh My kittens are fun. There you go. They're fun. They're wild little beings. You got, how many kittens do you got? Two, Plural, two chili. sisters. Oh, cool. Yeah, they're like five months old now. Are, are you going to make art of them, inspired by them? I don't know. Maybe by whatever little apparitions they see. Yeah. I know that those cats are seeing dimensions that I can't see, so. To me, that's such an interesting approach to art. I don't do that enough, but like you're, you're saying, you're kind of channeling your inner you. Well, yeah. maybe the higher self. Yeah. Inner me, higher me the me that exists externally mm -hmm. um beyond this specific plane potentially like the whatever me exists in a thousand years is already existing right now so trying to tap into that dude <laughs> whatever me existed 200 years ago is existing right now so trying to tap into that dude where have you learned that uh idea kind of the methodology uh i am a big proponent of channelings and uh for me like my bible would say or like whatever my holy writings and readings <laughs> yeah. are the is the raw material mm -hmm. and it's uh a group of people who channeled the entity raw ra in the 70s and 80s and um 
not the Egyptian god that like most of us know Ra as, but mm -hmm. apparently Ra is a societal memory complex that exists on the outer rings of Saturn. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just really amazing information that was channeled th through uh, Laura was the medium. And within that, uh, you just kind of find out that if infinity exists um, fluidly all at once. Right, but saying how did you, when did you find that? Or you just you Is it through reading. Okay, and, yeah, yeah. And different, yeah, a lot of reading, a lot of listening. Mm -hmm. Just shit that makes sense to me. That's interesting. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I think that what we see is like, that. it's not what we see. It's like everything that we see is like not as it is, right? We're made up of trillions of little things. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Then yeah. we're consciously thinking that we're one thing. Well, every, all these multi-trillion celled organisms on this planet they're all making up this planet there's no way this planet isn't a conscious thing if we are conscious and we're just made up of little things and i think it goes greater beyond that right like there's no way that galaxy isn't conscious there's it's all just whatever they're <laughs> tying into this oneness this I'm gonna run on and I'm probably losing friends. No, no, no. But I, I, I was gonna say this. It gets so complex. It hurts. Like, it that's does. Why, yeah, it yeah. does, man. Or and like, I think that all you can do is uh, tap into creating. Yeah. I think creating is what we're supposed to be doing. Man, I wish I we had more time because you, you, yeah, you well. got me very excited <laughs> and interested. Um, I got the last one for you. Um, what advice do you wish you got before you went to VFS? Don't go to VFS. Yeah. Yeah. Too expensive, right? Yeah, or just like probably what I learned out of it, I could have learned from like uh, grayscalegorilla.com. Never heard of that. But oh, it's it's uh, different tutorial videos for different nice. softwares. Um, yeah, I wish I just took that the money and lived for a year and pursued things uh, on my own. But retrospect yeah. is twenty twenty, right? Hindsight yeah. is twenty twenty. So. Um, well, you got a lot out of it, too. I, I got just, a lot out yeah. of it, yeah. I got life experience out of it. and uh, I don't think I'd be where I am now if I wasn't there, right? Like, mm -hmm. you, you never know. You can never be where you are if it wasn't for all the things <laughs> that led up to where you are. So. That, that's the name of a painting right there. Yeah, there you yeah. go. <laughs> Man, thank you so much. Uh, thank sorry you. Sorry we're out of time. but No, yeah, it's all thanks, good. Uh, I appreciate you listening uh, to my ramblings. No, dude, I, I, like I told you, I always love talking to you. We don't hang out enough, so yeah, I'm glad to very enjoyable. have a good excuse right here to do that Cheers. there's still lots to dig into how do uh how do people find you online uh instagram at druvid is basically it that's it and then i have druvid.bigcartel.com if you guys want to buy some work or just message me on instagram there you go yeah. awesome thank you so much thank you everybody oh I, I gotta go home and digest this all now yeah uh, i feel like every time i do take some pepto-bismol so if you really want to <laughs> digest it buddy <laughs> Ah, man. Hey, uh, everyone, thanks for listening. Uh, I appreciate David very much. If you want to uh, learn about Creative Theory Podcast, Instagram, Facebook, uh, come say hi. I'm going to keep uh, looking for all you good artists out there. Come, come out here. Teach me, teach us. A bunch of good stuff. And uh, yeah, this got a crazy episode. People trying to kill each other on the streets here. So stay safe. Make uh, good art. And we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Bye-bye.